Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Joe Burrow named a top five QB. Lamar Jackson isn't. Do the Browns even have a QB? John Boys to Men Sheeran lays down the law. Dr. Hoji the Electric Smoji is out chasing that great white whale that ate his organic seaweed garden. And Daddy O Mustache Mac Duke celebrates the Euro hitting $1 for the first time in 20 years. Wondering where you are? So are we. Uh, sit back, relax, and grab a can of expired kettle corn because you're watching the number one Bengals podcast. Yeah. Thank you, HR. Wow. Welcome to the show, number one Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Daddy O. McDuke, as always, I'm joined by John, Boys to Men Sheeran, and HR. Of course, I have her name right here, and it is Brid uh, Gadgets Jan Cards. Yeah. That was close. Jan Cards, yeah. That's yes. the closest he's gotten. Thank you. Perfect. And we have our good friend, Mr. Luke Knoll. Guys, I'm loving the the intro. Really stepped it up. Um, I still am lobbying for you guys to return uh, to just being hand drawn things on notebook paper, but I feel like that's going on deaf ears. So, yeah, we don't have the budget for that. We have you, we have the animation uh, deal. I can't say what country. There's an embargo now, but it was a great deal. It doesn't really with inflation. Yeah, and the euro, of course, it doesn't really work anymore. But look, we got a lot to talk about today. We have a very special guest lined up. Not sure he's going to be able to make it. That's how important he is. This man, obviously, yeah, a lot of connections to the White House. I'm talking about Mr. Garrett Bush. And this man is... I think that's the wrong White House. That was maybe a couple White Houses ago. Oh, is he a brother? You are assuming things, HR. But the, here's the thing about Garrett, okay? From the very beginning, he was not a fan of how the media was covering the Deshaun Watson thing. And he said, look, have you noticed the suspension hasn't come out yet? It is because of this, it's because of that. It's a lot of hypocrisy. We're gonna talk about that in the next segment, but first, hopefully Garrett will be here for that, but first we gotta talk about Brinks.tv because I see Courtney staring at me, intimidating me, giving the stink eye, if you will. And Brinks.tv, folks, is obviously you can watch us there right now, live, we're on Brinks.tv, and there's a lot more features and much higher quality and you can participate in games make a lot of money and uh, but you can also get the app and there's a lot of shows and my favorite show obviously on brinks.tv is conspiracy now and the most recent conspiracy they have is about the disney corporation so you see as you all know walt disney never died he was just frozen I'm sure you've all heard and Disney family didn't like this getting out there. And that is, according to this conspiracy, why they made the movie Frozen. So when you Google Disney Frozen, you no longer are hearing about Walt Disney. It's a fascinating conspiracy, explains so much. Obviously Frozen, very popular movie, sequels, music, and it is all a way to cover up the real existence of Mr. Walt Frozen Disney. So the hidden meaning behind Let It Go. Right. Is, is, let this something. whole ordeal about Walt Disney go mm. and just move on and stop talking about it. Because everybody's going to want it now. I think Courtney wanted to say something. 
No. Okay. Let us get to the news. And I think Garrett is still not here. So let's get to the Deshaun Watson suspension. And again, Garrett gets right to it. And he says, look. Just read from here. So he says, Robert Kraft, okay, he was charged with first degree or accused of, I don't know, uh, Miss Meany charges for, solic for soliciting procreation at the Jupiter Day Spa. And then the judge dismissed all the videos, and I believe it was because they said they had video of Robert Kraft just in the towel, and it's very difficult to clean vomit in a courtroom. And so they decided not to show the videos in court. And you have Jerry Jones was accused of asphalt. Asphalt. No, assault. Sorry, assault. He was accused of assault. Sexual assault, obviously. And you have Daniel Snyder with 40 people on his private plane. And he was obviously intimidating them, bullying them, and harassing them as well. And what happens to these people? Nothing. Nothing happens to them at all. And he's saying the NFL knows that. And he pointed, Mr. Garrett, to how even when Rich Eisen was discussing Robert Kraft, he had a comedian on there. No offense, Luke, sorry. I know you guys are a family. There can only be one. Well, yes, but, but so this, this comedian, I forgot his name, but he was basically laughing about the Kraft thing and making jokes when it's a very serious offense, very gross offense. And then they showed Rich Eisen was laughing with him. And then Garrett showed how serious Rich Eisen was when it comes to Watson. And he's suggesting not only is it because he's a player, but he's not, let's say, from the same demographic as the owners. And so that is kind of the gist of, of Garrett's problem with how the media is covering it. I want to throw it back to you guys since he's not here. This is ridiculous. This is just what about isms. I don't, I don't know why the, the transgressions of three owners have anything to do with the things that Deshaun Watson did. But if we do want a serious answer here, it's not only just because the owners are white, the owners run the NFL. It's not Roger Goodell, the boss of everything. Roger Goodell's bosses are the 32 owners in the NFL. They can have diplomatic immunity. There's a reason why Daniel Snyder is out on a yacht in Europe when he's being called to, to testify in a subpoena for the horrible things that he's doing with, with the team that he owns in Washington. It's not the same standards, obviously, but it doesn't mean that Deshaun Watson shouldn't get a righteous punishment for the things that he clearly did. And if you want to talk about precedent, Calvin Ridley got a year for betting like $100 on a couple of games in November. He got a year. Deshaun Watson assaulted over five dozen women. Like how, if you want to talk about precedent, where the hell is that? John, I, I think, well, I mean, I, I don't want to get too into it, but the, you allegedly, the, well, there's also the well. So I mean, <laughs> the NFL I think has, is only what using four cases now, right? Is that is that correct? Well, the four other ones have been settled. settled. Yeah, right. The other ones settled, and the ones that the four remaining, I think, the lawyers said they were not cases of aggression of, of forced. Is that is that correct? I mean, so in terms of the suspension, so. let's let's not. I think it's getting very complicated, is what I'm trying to say, in terms of suspension. And I think that's why we're seeing, you know, the things that are going on right now. It's talking, they were going indefinite, and now it's what, four to six games. 
it seems to be a lot more going on. And that's kind of what Garrett is getting at. He's not, he's not just saying that, hey, these owners are bad too. He's trying to say there's a lot more to it than we think. And the owners know that they have to worry about their own image too in all of this. I think that's what he's saying. And I hope they do, right? I mean, we Thank need you. to yeah. hold rich white men to the same standard that we hold everybody else to. And we all know, I mean, that's why the Me Too movement was started. We don't do that. At the same time, I mean, we can't, if Deshaun Watson did what he did, not punishing him and holding him accountable because we haven't held other people accountable, I don't think is the right answer. But I, I mean, I think what Garrett is bringing up about narrative and the way we talk about so the the clips he the clips you were referring to daddio there's one like joking about what robert Kraft did and then really i mean talking very seriously about what deshaun watson did which is right because it's a very serious topic and i think we have to figure out how do we seriously talk about assault against women regardless of her the, who the perpetrator is and I think that's the narrative change that that we've got to work towards. And I think the NFL, um, the NFL is primed to start using its platform towards that, especially as they want to bring more women into the front offices of uh, of teams. You know, we just saw a black female president named to the Raiders. I think they want to bring more female leaders into executive roles in the league. They want to bring more women on the sideline and on the field. I mean, they're going to really have to reconcile what it means to talk about sexual and physical abuse against women, regardless of who the perpetrator is. I, that, that was very well spoken. Thank you, HR. And I, and I agree. I, I, I think with, uh, let's just say at least one of Garrett's points that I agree with is that this, this has to be taken seriously at all levels. And we can't, just because the owners, we know they're going to get away with it, the media can't play along. The media's job, especially someone like Rich Eisen, he's been in the industry like 40 years. He can't just sit there and laugh because it's, you know, it's easy and because he knows that that's kind of the narrative that everybody's rolling with. You know, and, and like, and, and Garrett calls out Mike Florio, our good friend Mike Florio. He calls him a lot, uh, out a lot as well and says how he just kind of tries to dictate the narrative as well. There's a lot to discuss there. I really don't, it's not, it's not so much about what Watson did. It's, it's, it's more about really, uh, again, what's going on behind the scenes. And Josina Anderson obviously it is both. talked a little bit about that. It is that. both. Complicated the matter, yeah. It is both. Yeah. So let, let, us, let us move on. It's a very dark subject. And I want to talk more Browns because they traded Baker Mayfield to the Carolina Panthers. And they traded him for a conditional fifth round pick, right, John? And I think what I understand is the condition is that he doesn't play more than eight hours of video games a day so long as he's on the contract. And then they Specifically get Halo, I think is what it was. Yeah. So John, I can't, can't really blame him, though. Yeah, eight hours is enough. I feel like that's enough. Yeah, but John, I mean, okay. Obviously, the Browns just wanted to get, you know, I don't want to call him a cancer, but it was a cancerous situation having him in the locker room. I mean, you think he's a obviously talent-wise, he's better than what they have, and Deshaun Watson is, is still not clear. But that's how bad the chemistry on the team was overall. 
So, so what does that say about the team's prospects next year? I mean, it's just more of the Browns stuff. It's they can't avoid it at this point. Like Baker was so much better than what they had before. Like he was their best quarterback since what Bernie Kosar, who was playing before I was even alive. He got them their first playoff win, and they still ran into this bullcrap. Like I don't know Baker Mayfield personally. None of us do. We only hear what what has been reported, and I think you can kind of tell that he maybe wasn't the most serious guy. There was some things that he did kind of in the off season, and the lack of consistency in his game kind of pointed towards maybe a lack of commitment to really getting better as the team around him definitely got better and they built an incredible team to support him and he still couldn't fully put it together and there are some people that are saying that even if Baker Mayfield like didn't get injured and he had like a decent year they would have still been aggressive in trying to replace him maybe because it was more than just the on-field stuff maybe because there was just a lot of lack of trust and like you said just issues maybe with him in the locker room and just gelling with teammates or whatever the case may be so it really does suck for the browns that this quarterback that this time last year was viewed as like a top half of the league guy coming off of a good season 2020 is getting traded for what equates to pennies on the quarterback market yeah conditional pennies so luke as someone in hollywood in the big time hollywood the industry man industry insider you, you look at baker you look at his commercials and mm -hmm. he supposedly has some comedic chops. You know, how do you evaluate him personality-wise? How talented is There's, he in that regard? Does he have a future there if it doesn't work out as well? I mean, I think it stinks because you know I, I'm i going to take a pot shot at the Browns any any chance I get. Any chance I can, you That's know. What I was hoping for, yeah. I'm going to do that, but you got to give credit Baker is good in those commercials. I'm like, Baker is better in the commercials than he is probably a lot of the times, uh, certainly on primetime. But, uh, I mean, he's always an all-star against the Bengals, which is cool. Every time he plays the Bengals, it's like, great. Love that he's absolutely destroys us every time, which is neat. Uh, but I tell you what, old Bakey, uh, it, 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 is, it, it did kind of bum me out a little bit. I remember that playoff game where they beat the Steelers and it was like 28 to zero in the first quarter. There's, there was a moment as a Bengal fan watching the Browns get to be happy before us that I was like, just so bummed. I was like, golly, our playoff drought is still active and the Browns get to be happy. So it is nice to see that the Browns are going to Brown and uh, everything is on fire and um, it's the worst ever. And they went from the Luigi playing little brother in the league that everyone uh, kind of passively rooted for to now being the ultimate villains, which is cool. And I'm all about that. Looking forward to that week one matchup. Uh, you know, Baker's going to throw for a hundred touchdowns. Uh, he's going to be so fired up. It's going to be awesome. It does stink though, because he's also going to beat the Bengals. He just, he always does. Well, it's yeah. it's going to stink. Uh, yeah, do I, do I, we think yeah. Baker's going to play, though? Do we think he's going to be playing week one? Week one, you have to. It's just he's he's pure, uh, like, just vitriol. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Well, Daddy, I didn't pay the internet bill again. Maybe you just said the word Browns really long and really slow. Their playoff win before us. And Who's right, can you hear one? me now? Okay, there yeah. you go. So, Luke mentioned how the Browns got their first playoff win before we did. 
but then they brown their pants i think you said and uh, that's kind of what they do but we have the but do you guys worry though do you worry that the bengals are capable of doing the same thing of browning our pants well we have a history of um doing making terrible decisions all the time nonstop for decades and decades and so after one great year, I'm still hesitant from all of the abuse I've sustained that we are still capable of doing what the Browns are doing, which is like somehow, even though it seems like the arrows are all pointing up and that we're trending in the right direction, I'm just too damaged to to fully believe that we're. I've just been hurt too much before. I'm just waiting for... I don't know. I don't know. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell and me I'm wrong. Burrow. No, Burrow. I, I, think I love wrong. him. Yeah. Let Burrow. Burrow. So, John, let's talk about this, John. The Bengals' overall value for their players, they went from what last year to number five now? They went from the 23rd. So, Mike Clay, who does ESPN fantasy projections and also just ranks basically every position group, on all 32 teams. He ranked the Bengals as the 23rd overall team uh, this time last year, including like the third worst offensive line. You had really bottom at linebacker. You had middling rankings at both running back and cornerback. And just in one year. Now, the team hasn't changed that much. You have an overhauled offensive line. You have a couple of new pieces, Hayden Hurst switching out uh, from CJ Uzama. You have an absence of Larry Ogunjobi. But again, the team is basically the same. But you had so much development for those players that were on the team last year to this year that the Bengals are now a top five, I think fourth ranked team in Clay's system when you add up all of the rankings of each individual position group. And of course, they're weighted like quarterback makes up like a fourth of the total grade. Uh, Offensive line is about 12%. Cornerback is 11%. So obviously, the more important positions matter in the overall grade, but just the jumps in the individual position groups. You had Joe Burrow in the quarterback room was ranked 18th last year. This time, this year they're sixth. You have receivers going from third to the best, to the first ranked. You have offensive line making a huge jump from 29th to 13th in every every position group on defense, and the entire team, I should say, has improved over last year. But again, there's not like any new players necessarily. The defense is largely the same. The offensive line has changed, but the offense in terms of skill players, that's largely the same. So it really is a testament to how much these players have developed and just how I think how much team success impacts the perception of some of these players. Because DJ Reader, Von Bell, guys like that, they were good before this year. They were good last year when they played for the Bengals for the first time. But now I think they're viewed in a higher light just because the Bengals are good. Yeah, I do agree that Joe Burrow developed those players. <laughs> Joe Burrow personally responsible for the development of why, our why defense you, why last pause year. right before you misquoted me or just paraphrase me? Because he's frozen. Oh, okay. He's having a Walt Disney You moment. have... Oh? No. No. Hear me now. I we not. we I can? Kind of. Yeah. So... Kind of. No, <laughs> I just I'm with you. I, I'm going to take I up his joke. I, I also claim that Joe Burrow is personally responsible for the development of our entire defense just because when he's on the sideline and he's pointing at him being like, you guys are doing it. All right. But, it but, helped. Yeah. Catapult no, our playoff John, run. John, John, isn't it 28% of the team's overall value is quarterback? 26, so, yes. 
28, yeah. Okay. Yeah, please look at this. That's John. Please look closely. And but but John, but basically what I'm saying is when Joe Burrow takes a huge leap, that is you know I'm starting to think it was twenty six percent. I'm starting not to believe anything that you're saying. That, that raises the value of the whole team in front of me. Hey. Anyway, we're doing our best. Yeah, we're doing but, our but best. But actually, yeah, yeah. Please, please carry on. But look, I just wanted to say this, John. I feel I feel like our linebackers are underrated this time. They were like one point something. Maybe. I like that. Yeah. Hey, this this year will be a big, you know, decider of whether or not they're underrated or not. We'll see. Be healthy again. See Akeem Davis Gaither, he's back in the mix, but you never know. If you if you pluck yeah. our our linebacking core to another team, are you scared of any of those guys? No, like to, to to the opposite of Daddio's point, if quarterbacks are weighted so much, like linebackers are weighted like six percent. So even if the linebackers are what twentieth in the league or whatever, it doesn't really change much of the defense. It doesn't really change much of the outlook of the overall team. I think the important thing here is that where the team matters the most. Talking about quarterbacks, receivers offensive linemen, pass rushers. The Bengals are all above average or even elite in some of those areas. I think they have like the second ranked safeties room according to Mike Clay. So where it matters, they're definitely amongst the best. And that's why they're in the top five in terms of overall grade. Yeah. Thank you, John. I mean, I didn't need the confirmation, but thank you for uh, wrapping that up nice and tidy. And let us move on, John, because we know that Joe Burrow was ranked as the fifth best quarterback by coaches, executives, scouts, and players in the NFL. And obviously that's ridiculous. Top five, come on. He's easily top two, easily. But anyways, they don't, a lot of these guys don't know football, but they do know football when it comes to Lamar Jackson because they have him not even in the top 10. And the question is this, is this a conspiracy? by the the league to drive down his asking price for his new contract is it that you know they forgot about his mvp year and are just looking to last year when the team struggled with injuries john lamar jackson okay just a couple of years ago one year ago was considered easily top five and now he's not even top 10 and, and he doesn't have any major health issues what's going on there's no there's no conspiracy about racism they still look at Lamar Jackson as less of a quarterback because of what he does or what he doesn't do. Now, granted, he didn't have the best year last year. The Ravens were just decimated by injuries. He was dealing with like his third and fourth string running back. Their receivers were not very impressive. Mark Andrews is great, but the offensive line was battered up. Lamar Jackson still almost took him to the playoffs when before he unfortunately got hurt or dealt with some other issues. He's still a really good quarterback. And the uniqueness of his game, I think, evaluators or executives who are all anonymous by the way like, like they still don't look at it with the value of what he gives them and how that offense is structured and tailored in a way where it's not like any other offense and they're able to do other things now it hasn't translated very much when it mattered towards the later parts of the season but it still feels like we're looking at Lamar Jackson in a very archaic way like I, I, I don't feel like we've advanced enough in terms of like football media to really appreciate the value that he gives to that offense. Now everything is tailored from what he does and the extra dimension that he adds just with his legs. Is it sustainable? I don't know. He's only like five years into the league, but I do know that there's not 10 quarterbacks that would take over him just because of what he adds to an offense. John, I mean, look at the, look at the other side of the spectrum. 
and Josh Allen made a very big jump to being considered the top quarterback by a lot of people. And he hasn't done it. I'll give him that. But in terms of accuracy, in terms of consistency, you know, average yards per attempt, you know, in terms of even the playing style to some degree, I, I, I'm kind of, it's kind of a little bit of a, let's say, winning won so many games for, you know, his entire career at a very young age, came into the league very young. Uh, you have him dropping because of his perceived style. And uh, Josh Allen, who, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't see how you can have him as the top quarterback of the league. I, I wonder actually what Luke thinks about Josh Allen's rise in QB. I mean, they, they made the investment. I, one of my best buddies is a big Bills fan, and I was definitely taking shots at him and did not think he was going to end up being as good as he is. But, uh, yeah, he can throw it. 90 yards on, on his knees he's insane and he's super mobile and is essentially has a lot of the you know the running ability that not not quite as shifty as lamar jackson but more importantly any time during the offseason that they come out with top 10 lists it's to exactly do to spur exactly what we're doing right now which is arbitrary arguing over stuff that does not matter at all well and, i agree but yeah. lamar lamar is also on the same thing is he is he getting hated on uh, maybe, uh, you know, in just doing a top 10 list, probably he's probably getting hated on at the same time, you know, people are going to use his MVP for the rest of his career as like a, you know, as like a, a benchmark for what he, he should be. But it seemed like there were games last year where, you know, uh, part of it is just the, the Ravens kind of zigging when everyone else sags and not investing at all in wide receivers and, you know, running an offense that's tailored to, Lamar Jackson and if people hate on that, go ahead. They they win a lot of games. Um, yeah, there's no other team that's quite yeah. like them. Well, I, I agree that the off season off season chatter is not very valuable. But actually, John wanted to talk about this topic. But I would say this: it's not just one or two lists. That's what that's what I'm saying. The perception is Josh Allen is already maybe the best player in the league, and and, and it just seems to happen. To, so fast. Oh, Daddy, look at Josh Allen. Like, look, look at him. Like, physically, like, just look at him. He's six five, two forty. He's got the pigment of he's got the pigment of you in that bright light. It's way too close to your face, by the way. You look, you look like you were born here in America. Um, Josh Allen, like, looks like what those people who vote like they think of like the the traditional great quarterback, and he developed exactly mm-hmm. the way that exactly. the Bills want him to, and that's why you got his ascension into number one and also he's really freaking good he, he probably should have beat Mahomes in that playoff game like it, he is developed exactly the way that he was supposed to and Josh Allen is good like there's no doubt about it I just I I on all of like the morning football shows I feel like Josh Allen has risen like or has ascended into this like oh Josh. I, I mean he's good I don't is he like Amazing. I I I feel yeah. like I, I don't mean, know. Like he's good, but give him. Like, I I don't know. I I think he's really good. I think the media gives him. Like John, I think you're spot on. I think the media gives him a lot of attention because he is what you would create in the lab for a stereotypical quarterback in a league that in in the 
kind of well, old this guard is, league. This is what the discussion we had with Coach uh, Jason Brown, and I was bringing this up, is that I think the aesthetics are what make people value. Like, why, why do people want to take all these shots at Joe Burrow? You know, because it doesn't look like he's the next superstar quarterback. He doesn't throw the ball the fastest. He doesn't run the hardest. He doesn't, he's not the biggest, all that, you know. And he had a gimpy knee for like half the season last year. So it doesn't look beautiful the way it does with Josh Allen now. And even Lamar Jackson's MVP year, all of a sudden people were saying he's the best quarterback in the league. And I was like, hold on, I don't know. I, I still think Mahomes is better. You know, I still think, but I think that that kind of the Madden football game and of course going back to Baker Mayfield I think the video game culture has made people focus more on the tangibles than the intangibles and I think Joe Burrow faced with these tests getting sacked nine times against the Tennessee Titans going you know all these different stuff that actually win you games when you need them that's Joe Burrow all right yeah, yeah. Luke go ahead I was just gonna say Lamar and Josh how, how many playoff wins do they have um, among them I think two combined two yeah. Yeah. Joe Burrow does that in, in a month. I mean, easily, a couple of weeks. All right. Well, look, enough about the AFC North quarterbacks and the battles. And Let's talk about love. What do you think? Love sets. Aww, we love yeah. love. Love wins. Love wins. Um, so we are celebrating this week, not one, but two Bengals weddings so the first one and i stole photos from the internet so courtney if you wouldn't mind putting up logan wilson so logan wilson uh got married this weekend to morgan mead um at the tbc country club in a city i wasn't sure quite how to pronounce in colorado um Aww. and i believe joe burrow was at this wedding based on my instagram stalking um, so congratulations to Logan and Morgan. And then the second wedding, um, our fearless little kicker shooter, McPherson, Evan McPherson married his, like, I don't know if this is his like high school sweetheart. Evan McPherson's like 22 years old. And I think he's been with his fiance now wife for four years. So they are, it's adorable little uh, love story. So Evan McPherson married Gracie Grote in their hometown of Fort Payne, Alabama. So we are celebrating the love that is, um, that is our Bengals weddings that none of us were invited to. So no. But you gotta remember, didn't they do it on the same day too? Yeah, so you yeah. know that right. the, the lines were drawn. Who scheduled it first? Or who scheduled it last, I wanna say? Because you, that well, is the real, it's the real adversary here, I, want to, I would say. There's so no reason as, for that. As the, like, I don't wanna play into gender stereotypes, but sometimes males don't get a say in the date. Sometimes they do, yeah. and sometimes they don't. As the someone who like was especially... recently married, I uh, I got a I got a like give a thumbs up, but uh, yeah, I will say yeah I. Didn't I was get hoping a, you were gonna say I like got to save the day, and that's when yeah, I yeah exactly when it was yeah I just received an email and I I hit maybe on it I honestly wasn't even sure I would attend my this own is life. such an easy conversation it, it's, to it's, have though like it, babe come on man like my teammates getting married three days before me I want to have the entire team there like let's no, push it back John. 
it's you, complicated, John. But, Venues, but you don't, availability. But they don't, it's it's a complicated business. These weddings. Yeah, I but just, you, I'm just picturing Money Mac. No one going to his. None of the guys are at his wedding. Everyone, like Joe Burrow, and everyone is at Logan Wilson's wedding instead. Oh, I would no. go to Evan's wedding. Just I too. So so cute. They're like 22. I know. That's very sweet. That's sweet. They're all like just learning how to drink. They probably thought it was a prank. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, so this I, was not... I think it's because he looks like he's 15. Yeah. <laughs> that might be. So this was not in the in the plan, but I did. I mentioned this earlier because Daddy O Cares is about celebrating goodness across uh, well, for the Bengals, but I have appropriated it for the entire league. I do want to make sure we just celebrate Sandra Douglas. She was the woman named uh, president for the Raiders. She is the first black woman to be named president of a team. So shout out to Sandra. That is a huge accomplishment um, and a huge step in uh, an awesome direction for um, the Raiders, who were a team obviously plagued by a lot of... um, divisiveness and uh not goodness last season so congratulations to sandra yeah and, and speaking of daddy who cares i'm, I'm sorry daddy I, I meant to i meant to say that you look like you were born at, right after me because you look as white as me yeah honestly move the slides back right. it does not do good well for your skin yes okay well i think i finally have my internet back just in time for the most important segment which is patreon.com slash the of sports and you know obviously weddings are very expensive and uh, i don't know if you've heard but hoji is in a very serious relationship wow. with uh a, a, a amber one amber yeah uh and uh, he's trying to save up for the obviously the wedding and the divorce sure uh, yeah you want to plan for that so so you can go to patreon.com slash the sports and you can support us there. Obviously check out Luke. He is doing a lot of a stand-up. He we might see him regularly on TV. I don't know if you've talked about that, but hopefully we'll see him on regularly very soon. Mm-hmm. On cops. Know. But <laughs> No, I was Yeah, ra- rarely are you on cops yeah, more maybe. than once, but they say that um, they're gonna probably air air my segment twice. Luke, rarely are you on the show more than once in terms of guests, and you're already the exception to that. I know. I know. Again, yeah, I'm locked in. This here. is the only thing my agent Thanks. could get me, which is messed up. Luke, do you think uh, Daddio could do numbers on TikTok? Yeah. I, I think so. There's a big puppet um, subsect. Yeah, yeah. Play me off, please. <laughs> Was that Daddio? <laughs> Whatever it is, I like it. Share with your friends. Yeah, share with your friends. Notifications. You'll see next. I'm so long. I'm the pies. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.